The portion of God's word for our focus this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. We read with verse 36. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who had lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I have entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You do not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. My brothers and sisters in Christ, Emotions can be a hard thing to handle. When we're young, we tend to wear our emotions on our sleeve and everyone can see what we're feeling. As we get older, we tend to be better about concealing our emotions, but there are times in our life where our emotions boil up out of control. Your favorite team scores the winning point on the last second of the big game, or you hold your child in your arms for the very first time or you celebrate 70 years with the one you love. Emotions oftentimes overflow, and when they do, tears are shed. Society leads us to believe that tears are often a sad thing, but that's not necessarily true. Tears come with guilt and fear, joy and anger, anxiety or depression. In our lesson this morning, we see a woman crying at Jesus' feet. And it's going to take careful consideration to understand why. Ultimately, we'll see that all sinners cry at Jesus' feet for who they were, for what he's done, and for who they now are. Our lesson starts with Simon the Pharisee inviting Jesus to his home for a meal. This was common practice during that day and age when a famous teacher would come into a village, the religious leader of that village would invite him over for a meal. Now, you couldn't get any more famous than Jesus at this time. He had been traveling from village to village, healing the sick, driving out demons, giving sight to the blind, and even raising the dead. So Simon followed custom and invited him over for dinner. It was also custom at that time that when you hosted one of these meals, you would leave your home open for the people of the village to come in and see this famous teacher. Simon again followed suit. This was an ordinary meal, 
on an ordinary village in ancient Jerusalem, nothing out of the ordinary. And then we see this woman, and we see her start to cry, not in the corner holding back tears, but standing at the feet of Jesus, weeping uncontrollably. Simon the Pharisee decides to chime in and give his input. If Jesus knew who this woman was, he wouldn't let her do this because she was a sinner. A sinner. The top religious official of the town knew the kind of life that this woman led. What on earth could she have done for him to describe her that way? The Bible doesn't tell us, but I'm sure that we can make some guesses. Maybe she was a murderer. The Old Testament tells us that if you murdered somebody or caused somebody to die as an accident, you'd be deemed unclean and a sinner. Maybe she was a thief or associated with the tax collectors. Oftentimes in the gospel, tax collectors are referred to as sinners. Maybe she was something a little more promiscuous, like a prostitute or committed sexual immorality. You see how easy it is for us to jump to conclusions about this woman? These same conclusions that we jump to about people in our lives, when, when they're labeled a sinner, we don't say, oh, maybe they told a few little lies, maybe they mumbled a swear word under their breath, maybe they thought something bad about somebody. But we sit in the seat of judgment just like Simon the Pharisee. And what's even worse about this mindset, this seat of judgment is exactly how God deserves to look at us. We are sinners. If everyone else knew what God knew about you, do you think they'd let you into a dinner? Or would they dismiss you before you can even, before you can even utter a word? God sees us for who we really are. And we have no other option but to sit at Jesus' feet and weep uncontrollably begging for mercy. We are lost and condemned by nature. When we're confronted with the seriousness of our sin, we're seemingly left in despair. We have every right to cry for who we were. But before we can shed a single tear, Jesus already had a plan of salvation. He tries to explain this to us in a parable used in this lesson. There's a Two people who owe a debt, 500 denarii and 50. A denarii is a day's wage. Now, 50 days' wages is no pocket change, and 500 is enough to leave someone crippled financially for the rest of their life. Neither of these debtors would be able to pay back their debt, and Jesus knew so. That's why he said neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts. Parables are often tricky to understand, but I think this one is as simple as it gets. Our sin leaves us in debt to God. There is nothing we can do to repay it. But out of his grace and his love for us, he forgives us. That plan of salvation that, that Jesus had for us comes to a culmination with women again crying at his feet as he is suspended between heaven and earth on a cross, suffering the punishment and sin for you. We see women crying as he's laid in the tomb his cold, lifeless body. And we see those same women crying tears of joy as they see their risen Savior that first Easter Sunday morning. The tomb was empty, and therefore sinners are forgiven. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection shows us the undeserved love he had for us. And how could we not shed tears of joy for all that Jesus has done? He would do all this for a sinful world and for one sinful woman. 
That's why he has the right to say, your sins are forgiven. Jesus looks at her as if there's nobody else in the room, and he gives her this forgiveness that only he can give. Was she a murderer? Maybe. But Jesus had given her a new life. Was she a thief? She could have been. But Jesus was now her only treasure. Was she a prostitute? Maybe. But Jesus had made her his own. Simon the Pharisee called her a sinner. Jesus looks at her and calls her a saint. Brothers and sisters, this is exactly how Jesus talks to you. On Sundays when we gather here and we confess our sins, through his called servant, Jesus looks at you and tells you you are forgiven. In the waters of baptism or in the meal at the table of communion, when you gather, Jesus looks at you and tells you, I died for your sins. He gives you new life. He makes you his child. And now he knows who you are, a forgiven saint of God. You are no longer a sinner in God's eyes. And now that we have this new life, we can serve him. We can't wash his feet with our grateful tears like the woman in our story. But we can live our lives the way he wants us to live as a thank offering. Our lives become the expensive perfume. I don't expect, I didn't expect anyone to come to church and weep uncontrollably this morning. But we can shed tears over the ugliness of our sin and the pain it causes us and others. How can we not help but cry a tear of joy when we see that all that Jesus has done and the forgiveness that he has won for us upon the cross? How can we not shed a tear when we look back and see who we were as sinners and who we now are as saints? Sometimes emotions can be overwhelming and tears flow. But this morning we don't need to focus on our emotions. Our focus instead is on the overwhelming love that Jesus has displayed for us. The grace that has declared us free from sin and the overwhelming gratitude that we now have, uh, that we now have for our Savior. Our focus is no longer on our emotional response, but our focus is always on Jesus. Amen. Please stand. <clears throat>